so <clears throat> I'll just be talking through. But otherwise, the heading for my topic this morning is a life established on the promise-keeping God. See, he is the God of promises. He has promises for you and me. His desire is that you be obsessed with him, not necessarily the promise. His desire is that you establish your life on him, not on the promises. You see, if you look around you these days all over, in the body of Christ. There is so much obsession on things rather than on Christ or the God of the things. Many people are so obsessed with the anointing and not the anointer. Many people are so obsessed with the impartation and not the imparter, if there is any word like that. You see, many people are so obsessed with what he has promised and not the one who has promised. Ladies and gentlemen, you can run around with the anointing, with the impartation, with the promises, but if you are not pursuing the one who made the promise, you will not get any. You see, human life, ladies and gentlemen, is about promises. <clears throat> The reason why God makes promises before he does anything is so that there is a relationship between you and God. Because God desires a relationship with his people. When there is a promise, there is a pursuit. There is an expectation. There is a lingering around. Yeah? There is a looking ahead to. So when God makes promises that he has done for you and me in the word of God, it's so that there is a relationship established. The relationship established is based on the promises because the expectation is that what he has promised, he is going to do. Show me any relationship you have here on earth where there is no promise in it. Your marital relationship is based on a promise or on many promises. Other promises where you are going to be bought a train. <laughs> and uh, you are still waiting for the train. But what keeps you going, what keeps you stuck with that person is the promise that they made. <laughs> Are you with me this morning? Promises are very important in building relationships. For better, for worse. Even when they rough, I mean, they do rough things against you and do everything for better, for worse. I made a promise. I must keep the promise. Are you getting what I'm talking about this morning? The reason why God has made all these promises is for our relationship with him to be stable and to be strong, to be foundational and to be working. Because you are sitting here expected. He said, I am coming back again. And that's the biggest promise we have in scripture, that Jesus is coming back again. Uh, Okay, and all of us here are looking forward to that day. Amen. We don't know how it will be, but we are looking forward to it. Mm -hmm. We can imagine it, we can do anything, but the day shall come. That promise shall be fulfilled. Mm -hmm. 
Are you with me this morning? And because of that promise, you keep doing things that you ought to do for the relationship to exist until he comes. Because you don't want to be found anywhere else when he comes. Because he promised that he is coming for you and not anyone else. Are you listening to me? So God has made so many promises in the Bible. And all these promises are for building up the relationship. And all these promises are for you and your children. However, these promises don't just manifest themselves because they have been made. There is a part that you ought to play yourself for the promises to be made manifest in your real space. Are you with me? The challenge with us or the faith that we have learned is that we just expect the promises. We just claim the promises. And by claiming them, we think they will manifest without doing the prerequisite actions that make the promise to work and manifest. So this morning, I just want to look at that kind of a life that is established in this code of promises that will make the promises to come forth or to come to pass. Because they cannot just come to pass. Are you with me? I'm going to be brief, not because of this. I know I had planned I will be very brief because it's a beautiful Sunday. <laughs> you see, on Sundays, you need to be very brief. So I need us to understand that <clears throat> no promise of God is without responsible action to be taken on our part. Every promise is an action that you need to take for it to work in your life. If you read Colossians chapter number one, let's get there. Today it will be nice because we'll be turning pages around. Colossians chapter one. I am reading from a new King James version, which I prefer and love. Verse number 23. The Bible says, if indeed you continue in the faith, grounded and steadfast and are not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you heard which was preached to every creature under heaven of which I, Paul, became a minister. The most action that you need to take for the promises of God to keep working for you is to continue eh? It is to continue in the faith. Because the promises work by faith, ladies and gentlemen. Mm -hmm. The key that opens up and causes the promises of God to work for me, to be really in my space, it is called faith. And Paul says you need to continue in this faith, grounded in it. So that you cannot be moved because the world has the capacity to move you outside the realm called faith. And when you move, the promises will just be like slogans. 
You can claim the promises. You can memorize the promises. You can sing the promises. But if you are outside the spiritual space that causes the promises to manifest, they will not manifest. Mm-hmm. Are you listening to me? So that's the first action that you need to do. To continue. Talk to your neighbor and say continue. Do you know that since last year many people discontinued from the faith? And ladies and gentlemen, faith is not by coming to a Sunday service. Faith is by staying in Christ no matter what, wherever you are. But many people discontinue. When COVID struck, they thought God had abandoned them. Life is short, let us enjoy life. <laughs> and they are enjoying life. And meanwhile, the promises of God will not come to pass in their lives. And they will join the chorus in the world that I have seven of as we shan't, these things don't work. Which is not true. The thing that we ought to do, despite challenges, despite tribulation, despite hardships, despite uh, depressions, despite thoughts that are not good, despite whatever is happening, what we need to do is to continue in the faith. And the faith we are talking about here is believing in the Lord Jesus Christ and believing in the work that he finished on the cross of Calvary and believing that he is coming again, believing that we are able, believing that no weapon fashioned up against us shall prevail, believing that he is Lord, whether I die or live, he is Lord. Whether I am sick or healthy, he, he is Lord. Whether I have money or no money, he is Lord, believing in the faith that he who promised that he will never leave you nor forsake you, he is faithful. Amen. And he is going to fulfill that. And remember that when you do your positive action, your positive actions do not change God's timing for his promise to manifest in your life. Amen. So don't expect it to manifest in your own time. It shall come to pass in his own time because he makes everything beautiful in his time. Amen. Amen. Are you hearing what I'm talking about this morning? Most of us miss out on God because we want things to happen in our time. And when they don't happen, we abandon the faith. Because your timing and his timing are not the same. Ladies and gentlemen, you operate on natural time. He operates on infinite time. There is a difference. The way you count days is not the way he counts days. Because you are in the natural realm. What you need to do is to train yourself to come out of the natural and they see God's things from the supernatural because that is where they are placed. Amen. That's the action plan that you need to have. Continue in the faith. Are you with me this morning? So our duty is to continue in the faith and be established in him. Our lives then become what he desires. So what is this life that is established on God first? 
What kind of life? What does this life show? I'll just give you one point, and in that point, I think I have five points to explain it. <laughs> then we will read one or two or three scriptures. Then you can go home to draw up your own action plan in the heart and in the mind. So this kind of life we are talking about, a believer whose life is established on God, not on the things of God, but on God, this life will show a responsible commitment in God's prosperity plan. Whenever you talk the word prosperity, people think money. People think material things. But I will try and explain to you this morning, ladies and gentlemen, that in God, prosperity is not money. It's not material things only. But prosperity in God is your becoming Christ-like. Mm. That is prosperity. Because in God, when you are becoming like Christ, you are also creating wealth. You are also getting rich material. You are also getting rich in any manner. The challenge with us, because we look at God's things from a limited human perspective, we think that prosperity is just me having dollars and having nice cars. And like that's not the prosperity level of God, ladies and gentlemen. That is a limited understanding of prosperity. Mm. I think we embarrass God when we explain it that way. In God, <laughs> prosperity is deeper than we think. Money is nothing in God's perspective. Mm. Hello. Amen. So. A, a, a person whose life is established on God has this responsible commitment in this God's prosperity plan. Isaiah chapter number one. Let's go there. Isaiah chapter number one. Verse number 19 is a common scripture. The Bible says, if you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. But well, if you refuse and repel, you shall be devoured by the sword. If you are willing and obedient, you see, the life of a believer, ladies and gentlemen, is a life of willingness and is a life of obedience. What your life needs to show and reflect wherever you are, towards your Christ is this level of willingness to submit. This level of willingness to become. This level of willingness to let go yourself so you can become who God wants you to become. You know that one reason, there are many reasons, but one of the main reasons why we are failing to really become that which he wants us to become is this unwillingness to let go of ourselves. We love ourselves too much. Even if ourselves are hindering us, even if ourselves are really, really hurting and harming us, no, this is me. No, this is how I am. No, vele me, I have temper. No, this is vele me. Me, 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 me. I wish this morning you could be willing to let go. So you can attain these things that he has promised for you. Where we read the Bible says, if you are willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the 
the best of the land which you haven't because in your mind you think gold is the best of the land you think minerals are the best of the land that's why in the world they kill each other for gold for oil, for platinum, for anything else. Because in the world, that is the best. That is not God's best. That's not God's best for you. How many people know that you are worth more than gold? The reason why God couldn't take gold, silver, platinum, oil, and say, okay, Satan, let's make a deal. Take this and give me my people. It's because you are too much. Mm. More than those things. Mm. You're not, I mean, those things are nothing compared to your value. Mm. You are only worthy the blood of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Gold can't buy you. Oil can't buy you. But how many people die for these things in the world? Because they think those are valuable things. Congratulations, there will be streets of gold in heaven. <laughs> but that is not having more value than you. In heaven, God is Tara. You walk on it. Here, they will kill you. <laughs> Even for the smallest of crowd of gold like this. They run mate. Have you seen the boys called Makorokozas? Yeah? Just one grand like this. When the Bible says if you are willing and obedient to the cause of Christ, you will eat the best of the land. The best of the land is the promises of God. It's the assurances of God. The best of the land are those things that God has promised, which your eye has not yet seen or your ear heard, nor has it entered into your head. Those are the best things that God has for you. But you can only walk in them, attain them, eat them when you are willing and you are obedient to the faith. And obedient to the cause of Christ. Obedient to following Jesus. Obedient to doing the word of God. Ladies and gentlemen, the kingdom of God is a kingdom of obedience. In any kingdom, be it a spiritual kingdom or a natural kingdom, obedience is key. It's action number one. It's required of every subject to be obedient. That's why they are obedient to kings who kill, kings who destroy on earth. Yeah? But you have a better king who doesn't kill, who doesn't destroy you, who gives you life. Who wants to share his life with you? Who wants to share his wealth with you? He wants to share his wishes with you. I mean, his wishes. What did I say? His wishes with you. He, he wants to share his nature. He wants to share everything that he is with you. And you don't want to bow to that king. If an earthly king walked in here, you would bow down and polish their shoes. Just for a one board <laughs> yeah? But when King Jesus is everywhere, every day, there is no power. There is no obedience. He's taking my time. He, I'm busy. He is disturbing me. I'm busy. He says, I'm busy. Obedience. Can I ask that to talk to your neighbor and say obedience? Oh. It's the key currents. 
Otherwise, our being Christians and our being here and doing everything else, it amounts to nothing if there is no obedience in the kingdom. May I invite and encourage us to practice obedience. Do you want to enjoy his promises? Where is your obedience? Why would he come and give you his things if you are obedient to another king? Why would he do those things, ladies and gentlemen, if your obsession is about another kingdom and not his kingdom? Obedience is very critical. Again, I will ask you, talk to your neighbor and say obedience. Be obedient to the very last. Why should you be obedient to God's plans? Jeremiah 29 verse 11, the Bible says, I know the thoughts that I have towards you. Thoughts to prosper you and not to You know and you know that you know very well that every thought in God's mind about you is to prosper you. Not to harm you know it fully well that when he says pray, it is about your prosperity. When he says worship, it is about your prosperity. When he says go and defeat the hungry, it is about your prosperity. When he says whatever he says to you, it's about your prosperity. It's not about your harm. He never plans and schemes harm to you. But you are not obedient now. So that those thoughts can work in your life and help you to be the man and the woman Jesus is proud of. I think God, ladies and gentlemen, in these days, in the end time, he is looking for sons, male and female, whom he can boast about. I don't know whether they still meet with the devil like they did in the book of Job. I'm not sure. But if they do, I think these days the devil mocks him more. (laughs) But I want to believe there are great men and women seated here whom God boasts about everything. Did you see my boy KK? I'm sure. <laughs> Are you with me this morning? God is full of great things for you. Great things for your good. He has promised. I know. It's God saying, I know the thoughts that I have towards you. Because I know the thoughts, all you need to do is to know me. All you need to do is to hook up with me, walk with me, obey every word that I say. Because my plans for you are to prosper you, lift you up, make you who I want, not who you want. But who God wants. Are you able to be who God wants? These days, if you are not careful, ladies and gentlemen, let me just help somebody. These days, if you are not very careful, there is too much motivational preaching and motivational speaking. Yeah? Mm-hmm. That motivates you to be you according to you. Amen. Mm-hmm. 
and you are busy investing in making you, you according to you. And that the you according to you is different from the you according to God. So balance up the issues and be very, very careful. Because you can really be excited about this you and God is not excited about that you. Because this is the you he was. And the world will make you rubbish, the you in the plan of God. Because the you in the plan of God, even when you are weak, you are strong. Even when you are sick, you are healed. Even when you are poor, you are rich. That's the you in the plan of God. Because the you in the plan of God is not dependent on your physique, but it's dependent on the power of the Spirit upon you. The Spirit in you. You remember the story of Samson in the Bible, in the Old Testament? Do you think he was as giant as Goliath? Do you think he had a 12 pack? <laughs> no, no, no. I think Samson was even thinner than me. I think he didn't even go to any gym. That's why they were wondering where does his power come from? This thing is just a skinny pony thing. Where does it come from? It came from God. It didn't come from his effort. No, it didn't come from him. And that is exactly what God wants of you and me in this day. When the world looks at you and says, look at this foolish people, these ignorant people, these crazy people, because people think that Christians are made people. Yeah? When they think you are made, you unleash so much power they remain confused. Because your power is not about you. It's about the God who promised that I will be with you always. Still Amen. Are you with me this morning? Amen. Hallelujah. Let's move on. So a true believer stays obedient, ladies and gentlemen, to the cause of Christ, despite the circumstances. Let's go to Psalm chapter number one. Psalm number one. The first psalm. Maybe we can sing it together. Psalm 1 is a beautiful psalm. I will read it. It says here, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever it does shall prosper. That's the man whose life is established in the court of the promise. Verse number three, how will it be? The Bible says he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. Have you ever seen trees by the riverbank? Always green. Evergreen. And on those trees, beds are there throughout every season. That's the life of a Christian. Flowering. Progressive. Yeah? In hard times. 
When the whole world is sinking, you are not sinking. How can you sink with the world when you are in Christ Jesus? Who sits up there above every principality. We cannot do like that, ladies and gentlemen. We, we are like trees planted by the river in the water. Because Jesus is the water, the living water in us. And we are in him. We are planted in him. We are grounded in him. We cannot be dry when we are in Christ Jesus. No. We, we cannot lose leaves when we are in Christ Jesus. We cannot stop being productive when we are in Christ Jesus. Our lives are productive in hard times. So that they can come and ask and say, tell us, how are you doing your things? <clears throat> then you will laugh clear your voice and say it is Jesus. Yeah. There is a man called Jesus because your life must witness for Jesus in season and out of season. Are you with me this morning? Yeah. Let me just show you a few things there then I am done. Very done. <clears throat> Number one from that scripture. <clears throat> Excuse me. The life of a believer maybe let me take the juice the water. I didn't say when you're in Christ, your voice will not get dry. <laughs> in case you begin to doubt. <clears throat> right. <clears throat> Number one, this life we are talking about, ladies and gentlemen, let me put it this way, that godly counsel is a prerequisite for prosperity in your life. Who are you working with? Who is speaking to your life? Who is speaking to your faith? Who are you connected with? Avoid walking with scorners. Scornful people. Who scorn your king? Who devalue your Jesus? Who rebuke your faith? What are you doing with them? Godly counsel is a prerequisite. Walk with godly people. <clears throat> Listen to godly counsel. Expect godly counsel. Not any counsel. Because it sounds like it's philosophically correct. It might be satanic. So where are you getting your counsel from? Who is in your team? Who is in your space? Not sure, but you know. Can you start deleting them? Congratulations. <laughs> Be bold enough. There are people in this journey that you cannot allow to speak to you. That you cannot allow to speak into your life, into your marriage, into your business, into your anything, into your ministry. Because you know that their counsel will cause you to abandon the way of faith. And not enjoy the promises of God. So godly counsel is number one. For any life that is established on God, on Christ Jesus, godly counsel. Number two. The Bible says if you are established in God, whatever you do prospers. Whatever. It means your everything prospers. Your everything. Maybe let's mention some of these everythings. 
It means that your family prospers. Do you know that you do family? So when you do family, it prospers. When you are established in God. Did the Bible say your children will not think like kids? No. Did you say your teens will not think like teens? No. Did you say as a man you won't think like a man? No. But you will prosper. Mm. Guys, it doesn't mean that because you are walking with Christ, there are no hardships. It doesn't mean because you are established in Christ, there will be no wrong thoughts, no wrong desires. It doesn't mean that because you are walking with Christ, your children will automatically walk with Christ. They will, before anything else, while walking with Christ, experiment being teens and being youth. The Bible says, I think it's First Timothy, yes, First Timothy or Second Timothy, flee the passions of youth, which means that youth has got its own passions. It's naturally embedded, built to have those passions, but flee them. Are you getting what I'm talking about? Your family will prosper. Your children will prosper. Your marriage will prosper. Your business will prosper. Your ministry will prosper. Your job will prosper. And your health will prosper. And many other things. Meaning you are fruitful. How many of us as Christians, Christian workers here, Get to companies. When you begin to work in that company, it prospers. Do you remember the story of Joseph? Yeah. Why should companies close when Christians are working in those companies? <laughs> How? How is it possible? When you carry God, the company gets broken. <laughs> I don't know. Don't ask me. I am just thinking and speculating like any one of us. Sometimes I think maybe <clears throat> there is a misconnection. God, I am in this company. It cannot go broke on me. No. May it get broke when I have left. <laughs> but while I am in it, may it prosper. Not for my sake, but for the sake of your name. How many people know that God does things for his sake? Because his reputation on you is at stake when you pay. And so God defends his reputation. On each and every one of us here. Ladies and gentlemen, I pray we will try our best to be radical in our faith. We can't fail with Christ. We can't fail with God. We can't fail like the world. May their companies close, not yours. As we go in short. It doesn't work like that. Maybe it's not God's fault. In fact, it is not his fault. Don't look up to him and say, look, look, my company is closing. No, 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 no. Here. What have I done? Here. If Joseph would make Potiphar's house prosper, Joseph, a slave boy, for this reason that he was with God, 
How many of you here are not with God? As Christians. No one. Isn't it? So prosperity is yours. Prosperity is your DNA. Prosperity flows in you. What you touch prospers. Mm-hmm. Where you are, it prospers. Come on. There is a life where you are because you are carrying life, eternal life, everlasting life. Jesus Christ of Nazareth. You give it. You're kidding me. Yeah. Hallelujah. My last point. The life established on Christ, on God, for his promises to take place, is a life that meditates in the word of God. Ladies and gentlemen, it's your responsibility to meditate on the word of God, to delight in the word of God, to ponder on the word of God, to think the word, not the world. But the word. While you are in the world, think the word. Because the word ushers you through the ways of God in the world. It is the word that I think that begins to show me the doors that God has opened for me. Yeah. In the world. So when I ponder on the word, think the word, internalize the word, recite the word, speak the word to me, it keeps me alive. It keeps me flourishing. It keeps the Christ in me awake and my body cannot capsize. Because he's awake in my body. I will read this How how often, how much time are you putting in this world, ladies and gentlemen? Your relationship with God is not based on your word, but on his word. Your relationship with God is not based necessarily on coming to a Sunday service, but on the word of God. Do you know you can attend every service? 365 of them a year, if they are 365, I don't know, a year, without meditating or eating or feeding on the word of God, you are not growing. Do you know that people can go dry and die in the service? Yeah? Because the word that we share with you on Sunday is not enough to take you through the year. The word that is the enough is the one that you internalize personally in your private devotion. How much of the word are you thinking? How much of the word are you exercising? How much of the word are you putting into your marriage, into your life, into your business, into your job, into your children, into your spaces, into everything that you are doing? If your life is built on Christ, your life operates and functions by the word of God. Let it go. Because the word becomes the oil. The word becomes the fuel of your life. Because there is nothing in the world more powerful than the word of God. Do you think a bazooka is powerful? Do you think their nucleus are powerful? The word of God can destroy the most powerful nuclear. It can cause it to malfunction. 
spoken by a man and a woman who is embedded, salt, saturated in God. Hello. You hearing me this morning? What did I say as I conclude? God's prosperity plan is not about money, like I said, or materials only. It is holistic and is backed by his promises. You want to enjoy God's prosperity? Take it as a holistic package. Have you never seen or heard of people who have money but are miserable? People who have every cent on earth but commit suicide. Yeah? Do all kinds of foolish things. Because money alone does not define prosperity in the plan of God. Money alone without God becomes poison to your spirit. Poison to your faith. And poison to your future. And poison to your ways. How many people know that money is a God according to the Bible? If you have it alone without the God of money, that money becomes a God and it kills you. That's what it is doing in the world. That's what it is doing in Zimbabwe these days. Yeah? You are not going to I pray and speak prosperity in its holistic nature in our lives as children of God. That when we prosper, we prosper holistically. We even prosper in our peers. We prosper in our fellowship one to another, here together. We begin to enjoy coming to church on Sunday because we are going to fellowship. Our union here is not by coffee, it's by the Spirit of God. It's by the joy of God. Yeah? Our coming to church every Sunday is not religious, no. It's not a false matter. It's not so that they see that I am still there, no. It's pushed and motivated by love for God and love for one another. That's what is expected of a believer, particularly in these last days where the devil wants to make a show mocking the church of Jesus Christ. May you not be mocked for doing wrong things. If he was to mock you, may he mock you for maintaining your faith. Because Jesus is coming and he is coming soon. God bless you. Enjoy the week. Stay fresh, stay excited, stay hopeful. The promises are yours and for your children. The Bible says the signs and wonders are yours and your children. So be it in everything that you do. Let's bow our heads and we pray. Father, we thank you this morning in Jesus' name for the ministration of your word. And we thank you, Lord, that your word does not return to you void. It accomplishes the mission you have sent it, Lord, in our hearts, in our minds, in our thoughts, in our lives, and in our everything. This morning, we want to thank you for the impact and the influence of your word in our lives. Even as we go out into the world this week, Lord, help us by your spirit to ponder over your word. Help us by your spirit to see your glory around us. Help us by 
by your spirit, Lord, to stay above everything else. Because even when we are in the world, we are not of this world. We refuse to bow, therefore. We thank you, Lord, for healthy bodies, for healthy minds here. We thank you, Lord, for our children. We thank you for every one of us who is not here. God, we commit them into your hands. We thank you and thank you that you are our God. In Jesus' name, Lord, we pray. Amen and amen. amen. Hallelujah.